This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nostalgia merchants, cover your ears because we're here to discuss whether or not we will ever see the archetypal speedy winger at City again while Pep Guardiola is in town. And how soon does the Rico Lewis-style fullback eliminate the need for Kyle Walker? It's Wednesday, April 5th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Welcome back, Ali. How's things? Uh, not bad, thank you. It's uh, been a good week. Um, really enjoyed the last episode I was on. I uh, hope we have a similar experience today as well. It is one of those interesting topic. Yeah, it it is one of those weeks after such a big win where the the takes get a little spicier, the mentions get a little bit angrier. Um, Yeah, uh, always great to have a big win like that. Um, But we're going to be quick with today because I I know with our um, with our Liverpool review episodes, we got a bit longer than we normally go. So we're going to have a a fun little discussion on on some more future things instead of looking backwards. and we're going to talk about the idea that we may never see a Leroy Sané or a Raheem Sterling type winger at City again while Pep is in town. And I think this is kind of a hot topic at the moment because the potential transfer business heading into this summer is is kind of starting to do the rounds already. Obviously, there's the talks of Yasko Gavardial and Jude Bellingham and and players like that. But I think where maybe... The fan base is split. The rumors are split. Is out wide, and that's at the fullback and 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 at, at the wing. So, um, you know, we've seen a lot of people kind of crying out for a Leroy Sané type winger, a Raheem Sterling type winger, players like Rafael Leao, Musa Diaby. You know, the kind of electric get you get you off of your seat type winger. Um, but I think if we've seen anything from City and and Pep in the last twelve months, it's that. Um, they're moving away from from players like that. Do you think that is a permanent um, a permanent stance that we're going to see more 
Grealish and Mares type wingers, and we're going to see the inverted fullbacks. And you know, we've seen Pep play four center backs in in starting 11s on multiple occasions this year, and that may be his best 11 at the moment. Has four center backs in it. Um, is that him working with what he has, or is that him discovering his new uh, next and best thing? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. And I mean, that is kind of the sitting on the fence answer. But um, to kind of quickly explain, I think he's pretty much working with what he's got, especially since uh, the departure of uh, Jao Cancelo. Um, whether that remains permanent or not, we're yet to see. But at least for these few months, he's having to work without that more explosive type of fullback um, and all the things that Jao Cancelo can do. You know, Nathan Ake, as brilliant as he is, is not Jao Cancelo. Um, so, so there's, so there's that to work with. And then you look at the kind of wingers we've got, you know, Raheem Sterling, that was a contractual situation. I think, you know, City would have gladly given him a new deal if, you know, he was happy to, if, if they knew he'd be happy to sign it. And, you know, I think there is a world, an alternate universe where Raheem Sterling is still a Manchester City player and he gets his, you know, 15, 20 goals a season. I don't think that's a problem. Um, but I don't think that's because he's a pacey winger. I think Pep has noticed, you know, with Haaland, we lose a lot. We lose a lot of control. And, you know, this topic was inspired by a brilliant TikTok from a Euro expert where he kind of made the case that Haaland, you know, and the way he plays the game is almost, you know, is revolutionary for City. You know, it's a complete readjustment for both sides. And, you know, Pep isn't going to change his principles, his ideas, his philosophies for anyone not even Erling Haaland. Um, I think he was very lucky that Lionel Messi fit his philosophy perfect, you know, 14, 15 years ago. Um, but so I think, I think it's a mixture of, you know, he's working with what he's got, but also he's figured, he's figured out this, this is what he sees the best way of City playing is, you know, and Grealish and Mahrez aren't exactly slow. They're slower, but you know, you look at, you look at Jack Grealish, you know, his form ever since New York, ever since his Christmas holiday, he's come back a refreshed man. Um, which is fantastic for us. And, I th- you know, we all talk about the big name wingers. You, know, you, you mentioned Rafael Leal. That could be a £120 million signing if it was to happen. You know, can you drop a £120 million signing? I don't think you can. Um, so I think, I think Pep's enjoying what he's seeing at the moment. I think he's going to stick with it. Well, it's interesting that you say that, you know, Pep doesn't change his principles for anyone. But I would play devil's advocate and say that Holland maybe is the first player to make Pep change his principles because if you if you look at the way we played early on in the season we very much tried to play to the Borussia Dortmund style Holland when we would get in transition we would look up really quick you think back to that West Ham game I think it was the second goal of the day where Kevin De Bruyne played that ball into space and Holland you know had had his breakaway and, and slotted it home and I think most of us were sat here thinking we're going to see that goal dozens and dozens of times this season where Holland makes a run from the halfway line, gets in behind because he's so quick, bang, it's in the back of the net. Um, and we maybe saw City play like that for a couple of weeks. We had some incredibly entertaining football. You think of the Newcastle game, the 3-3, a couple of comebacks, I think one in there against Crystal Palace coming from two goals behind to win. And it became kind of the new style of City was these really open games, playing in transition, and um, it was entertaining. 
But I would imagine that Pep Guardiola was losing sleep over it every single night thinking, oh, we're so open in transition. We're conceding two, three. Um, and so we come back from, from the World Cup and we see the, a, a malaise take over the team. And I think that was kind of an, an installed malaise. It was almost on purpose. It was to, we are going to slow everything down. We're going to stop the leaks and we're going to take we're not going to hit any of the risky balls in behind. If you're Jack Grealish on the wing and you don't have a very clear pass forward or a very clear avenue to run at your man, go backwards. Recycle it back to the center back or the fullback. And, you know, you and I were both on this podcast many times, I'm sure, in, in January and February, just, you know, wanting to cut our eyeballs out at the football that we were seeing because it was so slow. It was so boring. And we just aren't used to that. Um, but I think that we have seen such an evolution from August of 2022 until now to where I think Pep is figuring out how to get the best out of the likes of Holland and even Julian Alvarez and, and Jack Grealish, who's another player that has just come on leaps and bounds since, since even the World Cup, um, while also having that control, having that stability. I would have never guessed it would have taken four center backs and John Stones playing, you know, inverted central defensive midfielder, fullback, center back hybrid. Um, so I, I think I would say that maybe he has changed his principles and he has kind of gone, well, I don't need overlapping fullbacks. I don't need my my right back to have his heels on the touchline like we've seen with Kyle Walker in years past because he's maybe found a bit more of that balance that we were sorely, sorely missing early on in the season. Yeah, and I, the one thing I always have been thinking back to in this sort of run is uh, the 1920 season where everyone was furious about inverted wingers, and that was Raheem Sterling and Riyad Mahrez. Um, and now we're in a situation where, you know, especially for the current moment, Jack Grealish and Riyad Mahrez are our two, you know, main starting wingers. But we're not seeing anyone complain about inverted wingers because Pep's playing them much, much wider. That's where he's getting his width. He used to be getting his width from the from the fullbacks. But putting, you know, the fullbacks inside or in Nathan Ake's case, he's playing as a centre-back. This is the thing with Nathan Ake. He's not playing as a left-back really. He comes out wide, but he's playing as a centre-back in a three. And, you know, and it's the right-back, if you can call it that. I prefer, I've just called it the Rico Lewis position or now the John Stones position. Um, but I always think back to that because, you know, I remember the furor around inverted wingers and everyone was like, oh, Pep just, you know, why, why can't we just play, you know, le left footer on the left, right footer on the right. But now we're playing, you know, a left footer on the right, a right footer on the left, but they're so much wider. It's not, and it's not controversial because he's noticed that issue. And there's, and, and there's those things. That's where Pep Guardiola is so smart. He picks up on the tiniest little details. And, you know, you can just imagine his, you know, all, not his bedroom walls, but, you know, he'll have sheaths and sheets of paper with, you know, pitches divided into the half spaces, you know, maybe he, maybe his own quarter spaces as such, you know, every cube of the pitch. And he's telling his players, this is where I want you to be at this moment. I don't want you to cause a transition here. I don't want this happening. Make this happen. If you can't do this, do this. And we're starting to, and well, we're not, I don't think he's starting. We're seeing the fruits of that. You know, we're seeing this all work for City now. They've found a way to make it work. And that comes from, you know, fixing, a malaise in the dressing room with some players being unhappy. That comes with 
players being more comfortable in their positions. It comes with a more settled team. You know, there was a time when it was three or four changes every game. We're now seeing one or two, th- three at most, because Pep's he settled on his team finally, and that's when City really click into gear. So it's good to see at the moment, and I hope it continues this way. And I think, I think it's that, the way it's going to continue. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really important part that you bring up is the fact that, um, yes, things were stale on the pitch for a while, but all of the reports out of the dressing room is that it was just a horrible place to be after the World Cup. You had you know players, you know, throwing the toys out the pram, and like Jao Cancelo gets his move to to Bayern to go and have an equal amount of playing time, um, which is not much. Um, you know, we've seen players like Laporte who just can't even get a sniff of the starting eleven at this point, and we'd imagine that's you know for his attitude and training and and general kind of response to not to to not playing as much. But you know, Pep had to work through that as well when he's also trying to figure out this revolutionary new system to fit in a player that in years past he probably would have loathed to have in his team. I mean, Erling, don't get me wrong, I'm sure Pep loves adores Erling Holland and adores anybody that's going to score 40 goals a season for him. But could you imagine giving Pep a kind of bumbly, gangly striker in 2020 and say, work with this? He just sat him on the bench because it was all about the control. It was all about the extra man in midfield. And um, so you, you do have to consider that. Now, let me just continue to play devil's advocate here. It, it, going into the summer... I think a lot of people, and we and we spoke about this with with Ollie Kirsch and, and Amos on yesterday's episode, that um, we probably won't see any fullback signings. We probably won't see any winger signings, and if we do, they'll be more in the Grealish mold, more in the Mares mold. Is there an argument to be made for keeping a player around like Raheem Sterling, or or in this case, signing a player like Raheem Sterling, or you know, a Musa Diaby or a Rafael Leao, just to have the option? And say, okay, maybe it goes stale playing this, you know, four center backs with one of them inverted, the three, two, four, one. Um, you know, maybe it gets snuffed out by, you know, September of next year and the teams figure out that they just need to throw an extra man in midfield and, and, it, and it can kind of break up City's control. Is there an argument to say it's good to have the options? It's good to have a Grealish on one side and a Sterling on the other side to take on his man, go at defenders and cause a bit more chaos? Or are we just going to kind of assume that Pep goes, well, I've found what works and I'm going to spend the money wisely to continue to bolster what works for me? I think we were, I think if we are to sign a winger this summer, I personally hope we do. It's going to be a sort of cheaper signing, you know, maybe a contract that's you know on close to running out or a younger player um maybe he looks to the academy um at a Carlos Borges if they, if they don't sell him this summer for example um because I think you have to have some sort of option like that for us it was in, in the first half of the season Jao Cancelo almost in that sort of the faster technical role and Phil Foden's kind of taken that mantle um, and you know Phil Foden, he can he can do a bit of everything. So there's no kind of worries there with Phil. But I do think if there's a winger to come in, it will be someone who's got a little bit of extra pace. But it's not going to be a Musa Diaby where his game is all about pace and taking his man. It's going to be someone who can offer as much on the ball, offer as much you know keeping the ball, keeping hold of it. You know someone like Jack Grealish, but maybe just a little bit faster. 
Um, the two names that come to my mind, if we're going to list names, and we've listed a few, um, the two names that come to my mind, Carol Matoma at Brighton. If that guy is anywhere achievable, I think City need to be all over that. And I think someone like Pep Guardiola would love a Matoma in his side. Um, but the price tag could be putting off, especially if there's other deals, which, you know, we all know who City's main targets are this summer. You know, we all know who they want first, their priorities, and they're not going to be cheap. They're going to be nine-figure signings. Um, but the other option I keep coming back to is Wilfred Nyonso. If Leeds go down, he's not going to want to play in the championship. There's probably a, re- a relegation clause in his contract. I think, you know, you'd be silly not to have one at a club like Leeds at the moment. And he's so young that you can mould him into anything you want. But we've seen how fast he is. We've seen how talented and promising he is. I think there's a place for a, a player like him, like him, or maybe him exactly at City, um, because he can play a bit of everywhere as well. And we've seen him play up front for Leeds. We've seen him play on either side. Um, we've seen him talked about as a kind of a number 10. And that's the sort of player that if City are going to buy someone in the in the front three, it needs to be someone who's that versatile. They don't need uh, Kolo Moani, for example, who's an out-and-out striker, or a uh, Marcos Taram. Uh, they don't need a player like that. They need someone who can offer a bit more of everything. And, you know, we've seen, you know, Jack Grealish go from being a midfielder to a winger. And that's an important transition at Manchester City. But we've also seen someone like Phil Foden make that same transition. And I think that's the sort of player City needs to be looking at. You know, it's not someone who's an out and out winger. It needs to be someone who can who would be just as adept playing in midfield for a couple of years or as a backup option if needed, instead of someone who's a more traditional winner. So do you but I but I don't think I don't think wingers that high on the priority list either. I really don't. Do you get the feeling though that the Erling Holland signing kind of changed things for City and the fact that all the all the reports out of the club now are that the 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 players we're going after are the absolute peak of their position and what's available on the transfer market. When that that's not what City did in the past. You know, Leroy Sané coming in, he wasn't the winger on the market. You know, Rodri, he wasn't the central defensive midfielder on on the market. Um do you feel like the Erling Holland signing kind of launched City into and maybe they've because of the fruits of that signing, they've been like Maybe we do spend the extra money and we get the guy at the top of the market, the Bellingham. You know, he's absolutely the the number one midfielder on the market. I, I think it's safe to say that Yasko Gavardial is probably the number one central defender on the market. Um, is there an argument to say that that City don't really want to be? I won't call it bargain hunting because it's hard to call players like Rodri and Laporte and players like that as if they were, you know, bargain hunting because they are fantastic players and the club have developed them into being the peak of their, at their powers in that position in in probably all of world football. But it feels like maybe City aren't going to go after the the bargain deals anymore. They're going to go for the Galactico style signings. I think I think so. I think they'll kind of look look for what look for what they can get. One, the market's just going up anyway. You know what used to be a twenty million pound player is now a forty million pound player in this market. Um, what used to be a sixty million pound player is now a hundred million pound player. But I don't think it started with Haaland. I think it started with Grealish. City with Grealish, they went for the superstar. They knew they needed a big name. They knew they needed someone who was guaranteed Premier League quality, could come in, make a difference. 
And then, you know, and you got to remember that summer they wanted Harry Kane, who was, you know, prob- I think he won both the Golden Boot, the Playmaker Award in the Premier League that year. He was probably the player of, I don't think he won the Player of the Year Award, but he was, you know, seen as probably one of the top performing players, not just in the Premier League, but in the world. Um, and he'd come off a Euros campaign with England, which had been very impressive. He was at the peak of his powers and... You know, they wanted they wanted him. They saw him as as the guy. Erling Haaland was the backup option, which is just insane when you think about it now. Um, so I think there was that kind of stylistic change, but I don't think City will ever, you know, if if there's a sixty million pound player, you know, the traditional kind of City mold, the kind of nineteen to twenty three, twenty four year olds for for about fifty to sixty million pounds, preferably with a release clause, they're not going to stop looking in that sort of market. And we've seen that with someone like Gab. Uh, Gabriel Vega, who's been linked, you know, City will find these talents and go right. Okay, we need to keep an eye on you. We may, you may not be our number one target, but you're on our list. But when someone like Bellingham's available, that's a deal you've just got to try and do. It's a deal you've got to throw your hat into. We've seen City turn away from them before, but you know, I think they look at someone like Bellingham and they think you could be in our midfield for ten years. They look at someone like Erling Haaland, and yes, there's talk of release clauses, and he's agent will never shut up about Real Madrid because that chattel was going to be there with Erling Haaland. It was there for da- with David Silva and Sergio Aguero for years. We're used to it. I think every club in the world is used to Real Madrid wanting their best players. Um, but the idea is City want these people for 10 years. They want them all to be you know, the next David Silva. They want them all to be the next Vincent company. That's not the most realistic option. But it's how City plan their. It's how City plan when they buy these players. You know, I don't think we're ever going to see them doing short-term deals for you know strikers like Cristiano Ronaldo and Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Edinson Cavani. Uh, people with certain ears will have picked up on what I'm referring to there. But we're never going to see City do those sort of deals. We're going to see them trying to sign guys for the long term. And Bellingham's a guy for the long term. Jack Grealish is a guy for the long term. Erling Haaland is hopefully a guy for the long term. At least City see him that way. We all see him that way. Him doing the Poznan in the stands at the weekend was was probably him seeing it that way as well. Um, and quality costs money nowadays. You know, we got very lucky with the Erling Haaland deal and that kind of secret £50 million pound release clause. Um, they're not going to happen all the time. We are going to have to spend nine figures if we want Bellingham. We are going to have to spend nine figures if we want the best in the market winger like Rafael Leal. But City don't need a best in the market winger this summer. They need someone who can offer an option. They can just someone who can be something they don't already have. Because if we were buying Riyad Mahrez when we bought him, but in this year's market, he'd be a hundred million pound player. You know, Leicester wanted 90 million for him originally and we were lucky to get him for 60. So it's just it's just the way the market's going for the elite clubs. And that puts only a few of us in that bracket. Us, Real Madrid Manchester United, Chelsea. That's pretty much it at the top level. Um, and that's where we're going to see a lot of the con- concentration of talent go at the moment. Just a quick one before we we chat about the fullbacks and then, and then wrap up for the day. Is there an argument that Julian Alvarez has slowly started to cement himself as a player that needs to start football games? He needs to start every game regardless of Holland's uh, fitness. And is there an argument to say that perhaps City should be going out into the market this summer and finding another Julian Alvarez, finding another secondary striker that complements Holland? Because I think there'll be a lot of a lot of City fans out there saying 
he's got to be starting every game next season with Holland because they complement each other so well. Um, and then that leaves you with you know no backup options as as center forwards. And if City are going to be moving to this system that is geared to create chances for the center forward like Holland and like Alvarez, is there an argument to say you go out and you, you get another striker? Maybe. Um, I don't. I don't think City will see it that way. Um, for me, I would be starting. Alvarez as much as possible. I think Pep's got to figure out a way to get them to in the side with Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, it's as simple as that. He's not really done that so far. I don't think there's a game where all three of those have started. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's as simple as you know you put Julian Alvarez as a winger, and I'm saying that in inverted commas for people who will only hear this. Um, you know, maybe there's an argument you put him in the in in the front three, and then you kind of manipulate it so. Kevin De Bruyne is playing more wide or you play Phil Foden in midfield and he comes out wide. So it becomes, you know, you, you see what I mean? I don't think a third choice striker is going to be high on the priority list this summer. Um, I can see the argument for it though. If there's, you know, another wonder kid in Argentina who, you know, catches the eye of, you know, Joan Patsy or Cheeky Bigaristine or Pep Guardiola himself, why not? You know, we've seen, we've seen City do these does before. And, you know, maybe someone who's already in the academy, you know, and Adadaya, Mabuse or you know someone like that can come into the team at some point and be the option you know for for a while. Liam Delap looked like that guy. I don't think it's going to happen for him here now. And we've talked about that before in this podcast. But it would have to be someone like that, you know, someone who will be happy to sit on the bench because Julian Alvarez, despite signing a new contract, won't be happy to sit on the bench for too much longer. That's just not his style. You know, you look at him now; he's a World Cup winner. He's one of the elite talents in Europe, if he's going to be spending another season on the bench, he's going to be wanting to go to Spain or to Italy or wherever uh, in 2024 because he's just he, he can't afford to be on the bench. He's Argentina's starting striker. Lionel Messi isn't going to be around forever. When Lionel Messi goes, it's Julian Alvarez who's the star of that side. Hey guys, Adam cutting in here. Uh, to deliver the bad news that we unfortunately lost the last five minutes or so of Ollie's audio. So uh, instead of having an abrupt and awkward ending here, I will slowly ease us out of this episode with 30 seconds or so of Ilkay Gundogan's title-winning goal from last season. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Be sure to keep an eye and your ears out for tomorrow's episode as we begin to look ahead to this weekend at Southampton. And if whoever it drops to can show the calmness that Rodri did a few minutes ago... It'll be a title winner, De Bruyne, dancing into the area, De Bruyne back post, it's a title winner, it's Elkai Gondolan, absolutely extraordinary, a second half substitute has scored twice, pandemonium at the Etihad, they were down and out Pep Guardiola's side, Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.